Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ninth episode of Court Kings. My name is Brandon Muting. I'm Andrew Hammergren. All right, we are back, and of course, we're going to start off by talking about Creighton and Nebraska basketball. You know what, Andrew? I will let you talk about Huskers. The you Huskers. and I went to a Husker game. We did. We went on Saturday. We saw them play Indiana. You know, it was a very exciting game. I mean, Indiana is one of those blue blood programs in college basketball who is consistently up there. Um, you know, recently they haven't been as good as they used to. Yep. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that the Huskers put up a fight. The final score was 82-74, to 74, but it felt a lot. I mean, not saying that it was a large margin, but it felt closer than the score actually portrayed. Um, got to experience Archie Miller for the first time. Uh, what a disrespectful coach. Oh, very disrespectful. Whoa. Oh, we're having oh. Yeah, there we go. We're good? We're good. We're good. All right. All right. And then uh, played Wisconsin. Great first half. Uh, it was, Wisconsin was up 39-38 at half. And then the Huskers just fell. Uh, they The final score ended up being 82-68, to Wisconsin with the win. Um, the thing about the Huskers, I think, this year, it's very inconsistent with the offensive side of the ball. I mean, how do you go from scoring – like one, all right. When they played Creighton earlier in the year, it took them until two minutes left in the first half to even score ten points. Yep, I remember that. You and I were both at that. We game. We were at that game as well. Then they end up scoring seventy six, seventy six points in that whole game. They scored fifty two in the second half, and then you score fifty seven total against Northwestern, and you lose to Northwestern, the worst team in the Big Ten. And, and the same thing as Wisconsin. I mean, you have. 38 points in the first half, which, I mean, it's a decent amount. And I'm trying to hold up. I just accidentally clicked the wrong thing. Well, I, give me one second right here. I will say about them, though, for that Wisconsin game, there wasn't one guy they were relying on. I'm pretty sure four out of the five starters had double digits in points, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Yep, you're right. Yep, four out of the five. And that's not like the Huskers this season. No. So, but Cam Mack was having a great start to the game, though. Yes. Very, great, great start. And I don't know, I believe I got this off a source off Twitter, so I don't know if that's right or not. But um, the night before that game, Damian Lillard scored 61 points. And Cam Mack says, I want to do that same exact thing. I think he scored pretty well in the first half. I'm not sure about the second half. No. Um, it, it, it ended up being kind of a disappointing end to the night for uh, Cam Mack himself after he started off really hot. Um, and the Huskers couldn't win. But they have Rutgers coming up on Saturday. They'll be at Rutgers. And then on Tuesday, Michigan comes here to Lincoln. Jawan Howard and the Wolverines. That's going to be, I mean. It's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be a fun game to watch, but I don't have too much confidence in this Nebraska team. They're so inexperienced with each other. I think that I, I think that maybe next year they could compete better within the Big Ten. I For mean, sure. They're second to last in the standings right now. I last, think, who's last? Northwestern. Oh, okay. Yep. And, and I, I lost too. Yep. And I think that next year, this Nebraska team could end up being, you know, maybe a 500 ball team. Yeah. Even in conference play, be about 500. Um, but they're just not there yet. And it, But you can see the potential that this team has, especially with Cam Mack, Deshaun Burke. I think Cam Mack's a sophomore, Deshaun Burke's a junior. I like Kevin Cross a lot. He's a freshman. He's like your sleeper on the team? Yes. Okay. Yep. And then Charlie Easley, I mean, everybody around here is talking about him. Um, I think he's a registered freshman or is he a true freshman? 
I honestly do. But all right, know. he was a walk-on, got a scholarship. Yep. And he he's he's performing very well for the situation that he was put in at the beginning of the year. Yeah, exactly. Now, so Nick and I talked about this last week, but um, I want to get your opinion when it comes to the Big Ten Conference tournament. Who who do you see winning it? But who do you think also could win it that nobody expected to? The team that nobody would expect. And I want to see if you and Nick match on this one. Like, like a pick t- a, team a team that would be, team like, that, obvious. And then all right, a, a team, team that's obvious is Michigan State. Okay. That's an obvious. I think Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan's kind of fell off since the beginning of the year. Yes. But they're still a very good team. Very good team. Uh, two te- I'm going to pick two teams who I think are sleepers. Okay. Penn State has been playing that's very well. That's I said. Yeah. Very well lately. So is Iowa. Iowa, yeah, with uh, Luke Garza. Right, exactly. And the Big Ten – there is no separation. No. And I mean, another team that could be in that conversation is Ohio State. Again, they were a top five team and just a few weeks ago. Right. I mean, here's the thing. Once March comes around, nobody's going to care what you did earlier in the season. I think Ohio State's still going to make it to the tournament no oh, matter yeah. what. They're still a great team. Uh, but once the tournament comes around – if you just you just got to win those games, nobody's gonna care if you lost so many games earlier in the year. But then you are lights out in the tournament. You win the Big Ten tournament. You roll into the NCAA tournament. I mean, you can keep that momentum going. And I think that a good chunk of Big Ten teams could do that. So, and so Nick picked Purdue. Yep, I can see that, and I could see that too. Yes, Nebraska beat them, but but Purdue is still a very good basketball team. Um, I can't think off the top of my head who the very tall guy is. It's going to bother me now. Um, I know his number is number 32. <laughs> I know that. But um, they're a very good basketball team. Yes, Nebraska beat them, but um, I could definitely see them being a sleeper. Heck, Nebraska was a sleeper last year's tournament. They made it to the championship, didn't they? I believe the semifinals. Semifinals. I could be wrong. And then I think they lost Wisconsin. Yes, correct. I Honestly, if they would have won that thing, that would have been the biggest surprise of the year. But um, let's go ahead and transition over to Creighton basketball. Um, so Creighton, since the last podcast, they've had two opponents. Providence, which was at CHI Health Center, and then they faced DePaul last night. If you were to say that, hey, one of these were close and one of these were not close, in a heartbeat, I would have been like, okay, so we smoked Providence and it was really close with DePaul. That was not the case this week. They only beat Providence by three. Three or four. Hang on, let me double check here. They didn't beat them by much. They they beat them by four points. There's a lot of things that you can consider in this game. The first thing is that Marcus Zagorowski had the flu that game. He didn't even start. Denzel Mahoney did. The other thing you got to consider is that Tyshawn Alexander wasn't full in full health. So the only guy you could pretty much rely on was Bishop and Balik. However, Zagorowski pulled a three-point game winner at the end. And I know you and I were talking, there might have been controversy on a foul. I didn't see anything. I, I didn't see any videos, right? Yeah, I saw some videos, and I didn't see a foul. And I'm not trying to be biased here. I I honestly didn't see the foul that uh, Creighton did to Providence. So I think Creighton did deserve a win. However, I at the beginning of this podcast for Court Kings, I didn't think Providence would be as good as they are. Um, they gave Seton Hall a run for their money last night. And Ed Cooley is a good coach, in my opinion. I have respect for Ed Cooley. So, moving from last night, though, I didn't get to watch the game. I had to do a live feed on my phone. 
But um, first of all, Mitch Ballack joined the 200-point club with Kyle Korver and uh, – or I'm sorry, not the 200-point club, 203-point club with Kyle Korver and Ethan Rogge. That's a great company to be in. Right? So he scored 19 points last night. Um, there's only a couple players that didn't score double digits, and Marcus Zagorowski only had nine points, but he had a career high in assists of 10, which is um, really cool. Damian Jefferson had a good game of 14 points, and then Denzel Mahoney is finally starting to find his stride in the Blue Jays, and that's 14 points. Um, Tyshawn Alexander had 12. Christian Bishop had 11 after struggling the last couple games, so it's good to see that he's back on track. Now, the next two games that we have for the Creighton Blue Jays, we have Sunday, the 26th, Xavier plays at Creighton. And if you remember when Creighton went to Xavier, they beat them. And then Creighton faces the ninth-ranked Villanova Wildcats, who they beat us at CHI Health Center. So I personally think we'll beat Xavier because, it's number one, it's at Creighton, and number two, we've showed that we can beat a team like Xavier. The Villanova game I'm not very confident on. Villanova's very good. They have Sadiq Bey, Colin Galipsy. And they're coached by Jay Wright. So, honestly, I don't see them winning against Villanova. But you know what? I really hope we can knock off because that would, that would help our momentum right now. And with a two-game win streak, and then if we beat Xavier, that would make it three. Beating Villanova would definitely help us in the momentum. But, yes. Um, and then we also did this last week. We talked about the Big East Conference Tournament. So, the same thing. Um, if you were to pick, like, a confident answer who could win the tournament and then a sleeper, who would you pick? Villanova. For the of course. Confident. Okay. Of course, for confidence. Sleeper, you can never count out Marquette. Yep. And Creighton. Yes. And I think both of those teams are kind of undervalued and not really talked about within the Big East. Uh, Marcus Howard, man, I, I I don't think I. It's been a long time since I've seen a guy who can score like him. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a very great. He's a very good player. Marquette can just score. Um, you know, I think Marquette last year, was it the Hauser twins that transferred out? Yes, yes. correct. And I think that Marquette was a better team last year than this year, but I still believe in Marcus Howard. He can get things done for the Golden Eagles. And then Creighton, they're really hot right now. They are. And coming up to tournament time, I think that teams like Seton Hall, Villanova, Marquette should be afraid of Creighton because yeah. they – they have one of the most explosive offenses in college basketball. Maybe, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but they could possibly have the best backcourt in college basketball. Oh, Creighton? Tyshawn Alexander, Marcus Zagorowski. Mitch yeah, Ballack. Mitch Ballack, I and mean. You could make an argument for Villanova, but the only the only two I can think of off the top of my head is Sadiq Bey and Colin Gallipsy, but I think you're right. I will back you up on that. I yeah. think they do have the best backcourt. I wouldn't say – I said one right. of the best. One of the best, sorry. Uh, definitely the best in the Big East. Yeah, I would say so. But um, not the best front court. <laughs> no. Creighton – no, don't get me wrong. Christian Bishop and Damian Jefferson are very good players, but they, they are playing positions they're not used to. Damian Jefferson maybe will play power forward, but Christian Bishop is meant for power forward, and he's playing center because of Epperson, Epperson being injured. Andrew has his opinions about Epperson. We've talked about that. Um, however, the three of us, but I believe Nick last week said Seton Hall would be a confident answer, which is a confident answer. You yeah. said Villanova. I said Butler. I know Butler's fallen off, and I know Villanova just beat Butler. But you and I did have the same sleeper, and that's Marquette. I said Marquette would probably be the sleeper to win the Big East Conference this year. 
Um, moving on past Creighton and Nebraska basketball, we want to talk about that one brawl that everyone is talking about, that ESPN will keep on talking about, what tweets are about, Instagram posts. So let's talk about the Wildcats and the Jayhawks. What do you think, what could have been done to prevent this, and whose fault is it? I think it was very childish, you know. On the Kansas or Kansas State end? I would say more so on the Kansas end. Kansas was up by a lot. Yes. And sure, block the shot, but if at the end you're going to try and step over them or something like that, I mean, that's – It's disrespectful. It's it's very disrespectful. Kansas State, though, did you really have to try and steal that ball with a couple seconds left and get that one last basket? I understand that rivalries are heated. You want to get as many points as possible. You're mad you lost – so you're going to do that. Um, but especially uh, Silvio De, uh, D'Souza, the guy who uh, threw the punch, picked up a stool, and tried swinging it at people, he was suspended for 12 games. It needs to be the whole year. It, it, that, that was ridiculous. I don't know. It's one of the craziest scenes that I've ever seen. Um, I, my cousin used to go to Kansas State, so I know how much of a heated rivalry oh, that yeah. is. It is a very heated rivalry. Um who else was suspended? You have David McCormack. Uh, he was for suspended Kansas. three games? Two, two games, games. Two games. games. Uh, James Love was suspended for eight games. Antonio Gordon for three. Um, I don't I don't know if I see anything else here. Sousa is the big one. Sousa, yeah. That was the that was horrible what he did. And I, I agree with you. I do think it's Kansas's fault. Um, but like you said, I don't see a reason why Kansas State should have stole it. But let's do a little flashback. Um, I want to say, I don't remember the exact year, but when Monmouth faced Kansas, they were down by 55. It was 110 to 55. And I don't know the names off the top of my head, but the Monmouth guard, maybe even though he was a forward, t- stole the ball with like two seconds left and did a layup. It was just out of disrespect. The Kansas guard obviously didn't do anything. He didn't even try to block it. And it's because he knew what was better for him and the team. Honestly, if it was a close game, then yes, the Kansas guard or Sousa could have blocked it. Or was it Sousa that was I don't, going? I don't know who the person who blocked okay, it Okay, well, was. whoever was blocking it. Honestly, if you were up by that much, I would have just let it go. I understand it's a heated rivalry. I understand that it is the game of basketball. But if you're up by that much, just let it go. There's a few seconds left. But that does not give a, a give an excuse for Kansas's actions, and I know Coach Self isn't very happy with any of the Kansas Jayhawk roster right now. So hopefully moving forward, we don't see that in college basketball anymore because that's just ridiculous. Or do you want to see it? No, not not under those circumstances. Not under those circumstances, no. I would not want to see that. It's, it's like if Nebraska – now, Nebraska and Creighton, they have a rivalry, but it's not as heated as Kansas and Kansas State. If – Cam Mack stole it from Marcus Zagorowski, and Creighton was destroying Nebraska, and Cam Mack scored it. And Marcus Zagorowski did the same thing that Kansas Guard did. I would lose all respect for Marcus Zagorowski. Yeah, I can, yeah. So, I, if it was a lot closer of a game, then sure. But if you really want to pick up a stool, go for it. Whoa, pick up a stool? No, not pick up a stool. No. <laughs> I, I was going to no. say. <laughs> no, don't ever pick up a stool. I did not say that. But, yes, um... I I don't give in to the fights. I mean, I understand that there's emotions attached to it and everything, but uh, that's the first college basketball fight I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Syracuse and Notre Dame was close to one the other night, and I think the Notre Dame person was just upset with the referee, but that was not really between the rosters. Yeah. So, 
Um, moving on from NCAA college basketball, we're going to shift over into NBA basketball. We're going to talk about the one guy that I swear on my life that SportsCenter will have like an eight-hour marathon about. We all know who we're talking about, and that's Zion Williamson. So, had his first game last night against the San Antonio Spurs. First three quarters only had five points. Right. Fourth quarter, scored 12 points in what, like three minutes? Something Some, like that? Yeah. And I don't know what, what he ended with, but it well, was... Well, actually, it was 17 straight points off of Zion Williams. Oh, 17 straight. Really? Straight. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and my roommate is a huge Zion Williamson fan, and it was funny because I was like, watch him like not do anything. And, of course, I stopped watching after like five minutes of the first quarter. And then all of a sudden, I hear him go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, what? And he's like, he scored like 12 points in like two minutes. So... Do you think the hype around Zion should let him lead the Pelicans to a playoff contention spot? <laughs> Not yet. This guy's only played one game uh, in the NBA. Um, I really don't see all of the – I mean, he's a great player. He's going to be a good player. Oh, yeah, future but, all-star, I think. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that he's only played one game. He is terribly out of shape. Yeah, he, you know, he had 17 straight points yesterday. That was great. Yeah. Four for four on threes. Great. One of the best dunkers that we've ever seen. But all of that, to lead a team, you need to also have leadership skills. And I don't know if Zion has that yet. And he's only a rookie. So right, can't. he's a rookie. Um, LeBron, great leadership skills. You know, Kyrie, he wanted to leave LeBron so he can become a leader of his own. Yep. But he doesn't have the leadership skills that someone like LeBron, LeBron has. Um, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, right. Stephen Curry. Steph Curry. Um, but I, I just don't know if Zion has that and if he's going to get everyone to gather around him and do that. Because, I mean, if you look at the Pelicans roster, you have Brandon Egram. Zion Williamson, Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. You know, you have some young talent there. And I think that the Pelicans here in a couple of years, I think it's kind of reminding me of a 76ers deal from a couple of years ago. Yep. And, you know, even with Joel Embiid, who was hurt most of his first couple seasons, once he got going, the 76ers turned around and, you know, they got an all-star in Jimmy Butler and they go to the playoffs. They do decent and they do all okay in the playoffs. Um, but really, it's Zion's leadership skills that I am going to be worried about and how out of shape he is. He he has kind of hit a the wrong stride. Um, I I agree with a lot of what you said. And honestly, Zion isn't the guy that people should be watching on the Pelicans team. It should be Brandon Ingram for sure. Um. I think he's going to win Most Improved Player of the Year award unless something happens to him. I think he will. Um, he was hyped coming out of – he came from Duke, I believe. Brandon Ingram. Um, but he was drafted the Lakers, and he didn't do too much. He did stuff here and there. But then got traded to New Orleans and started something that no one expected Brandon Ingram to start. So I think for right now, people need to focus on Brandon Ingram instead of Zion Williamson. Is he from Duke? Yes, he's from Duke. Okay, yep. he is from Duke. And so that is kind of where I'm coming from on the Pelican squad. And this year, I think they're going to be a 7 or 8 seed. They're not going to make it far. But I think you're right. In a couple of years, something's going to start. So um, that's all we got about Zion. Now, let's talk about coaches in the NBA. 
Which coaches do you think needs to get the boot? You know, I have two in mind. You have two in mind. The one who I could really think about, Scott Brooks. Okay, Washington Wash- Wizards. Yeah, Washington Wizards. The Wizards have not been getting it done at all. Um, I mean, I really honestly don't have much of an opinion on coaches in the NBA. That's kind of a topic that I'm not too familiar with. Okay, fair enough. But Scott Brooks is the one to come to mind when I think of one. Okay. My two, and this might surprise some people. The first one I have on my laptop. (laughs) Ryan Saunders is the first one. I know he had a lot coming in as a Timberwolves coach, especially when his father passed away as being the Minnesota Timberwolves coach. I know Tom Thibodeau uh, coached them too. But a team that has Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and um, they don't have Jeff Teague anymore. Never mind. They don't have Jeff Teague anymore. But when you have players like that, and I know they have some depth, and they used to have Gorgie Dang. They don't have Gorgie anymore. But – when they had depth, when they had a good starting lineup, and they are in the bottom, I think they're like a seven or eight seed right now, I want to say. But when you are doing that bad and you have a roster that could do a lot more, you are not doing your job as a coach. So that is my first candidate for who needs to get the boot. And the second one is Brett Brown from the 76ers. Okay. Everyone's like, whoa, 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 the 76ers are doing really good this season. No, they're actually not living up to the expectations they're supposed to. Let's go back a little bit from when they drafted, or I'm sorry, they traded for New Orleans Noel. They traded Drew Holiday for New Orleans Noel. I think that's an all right trade. I mean, you need New Orleans Noel. You need some uh, depth in there. Um, But then... You start getting guys, you start getting Brendan, no, not Brendan Ingram, excuse me, Ben Simmons, and then you get Joel Embiid. A lot of people questioned why they got Joel Embiid, because they had Nerlens Noel at the time, and then you add on Jaheel Okafor. Guess what? Nerlens Noel and Jaheel Okafor aren't on the team anymore. You just wasted something there, and they weren't, they didn't live up to the status they were supposed to. Joel Embiid has, Ben Simmons has, Markel Fultz didn't either. Now, do I blame that on Brett Brown? No, but... He's had so many opportunities to have a good playoff run with all of these players, and he hasn't made it happen. And this year, he was expected to be a two or three seed, and I'm pretty sure he's like a five or four seed right now. He's not getting it done. So I say by the end of the season, if he isn't, if he's on the bottom half of the playoffs, I'm sorry, but I would give him the boot. I think he should have got the boot a long time ago, in my opinion. But that is just my personal opinion of the Philadelphia 76ers. Do you disagree or agree with that? I can agree with that. Okay, fair enough. Um, However, if they start making a run again, then I'll shut up, and I will give Brett Brown credit when it is due. But that is all we have for this week's edition of Court Kings. My name is Brandon Muting. And I'm Andrew Hammergren. And we'll see you guys next week.